This is DV. Welcome to the End of Fence podcast. The stories that you will hear are stories that I've accumulated or my coworkers have accumulated in 17 years of working in every single level of the prison systems. So I hope you enjoy. I saw the fear in her eyes. They were coming out her like her fear was palpable. It was one of the worst times I had encountered or worst things in this whole journey. I was working one of the units that day and the way that the units are, you have what's called the unit team, which is people who, like the counselors, the case managers, the people who deal with the inmate stuff, like a release, phone calls, visits, etc. Well, you know, I don't normally see, I didn't normally see those folks too much. They were inside this little area. I could get into the area. Matter of fact, I'd go there to take a leak because that's where the bathroom was. But didn't go in there too often. So, but I knew that Miss Tracy was there. And I'm just, I'm putting a name to the story. Miss Tracy was there and she was working and getting some paperwork done. Now she had had inmates come in and out that door. Um, but, you know, I noticed this, but, you know, it was like, whatever. I guess the inmates were signing something. That wasn't my job. Uh, I was down there and I start you know, shaking down. And what I mean by shaking down is I started looking at cells. So I'm going into these cells and I started looking at stuff, you know, find hooch and find, you know, needles and all kinds of crazy stuff. Dope. Found a little bit of dope that day too. Which these guys there especially were very good at hiding. Anyway, I was... You know, I felt like I had this overwhelming feeling that came over me. Like, hey, you need to go over there and check on her. Now, I didn't understand it quite well. I was like, I was wondering what that was about, but I was busy. I was working this unit and working a unit. It, it, you know, if you're doing it right, if you're doing your job, you're going to be busy. And so I said, you know what? Let me just make a quick round around the unit. Make sure nobody's dying or nobody's dead on the floor. And then I'll go over there. So I make my round. And I'm looking. You hear the hooty-hoo, hooty-hoo, or whatever. You know, every time you pass a cell that um, they're doing something, you get this little scream or something. Some kind of noise will pop off in the down in the center of the, you know, where they're watching TV and stuff like that on the floor. They're on the flats, basically. They're gonna they're gonna make noise when you go by a certain cell just to warn somebody. So you hear all kinds of noise. And yes, I did hear hoo hoo. Anyway, I make this round. I go through. Didn't find nobody. Nobody was dead, etc. So I went walking down these stairs and went over to that unit team area. Started making my way through. I open up the door and I walk in to this. It's like a corridor. Like think of a big corridor. 
you know, it's got doors along one side and then like it's got one door on the left hand side, which is just a bathroom. So I walk over and I, I hear. Stop it. Get away. Stop. Stop. And she's screaming this. So I start hauling ass over there. Well, when I got there. This this inmate was on top. Of. It was on top of her, the female doing the, remember I told you the case management and stuff like that. She was on the table and she was screaming and scared. And you could see the look on her eyes of straight terror. This guy was on top of her and he was holding a knife to her neck. Now, it was a sissy shank. It wasn't nothing big, but sissy shanks will do something. Sissy shanks usually consist of something sharpened like a pencil or, you know, some kind of some, a toothbrush. Those are usually sissy shanks. The bone crushers are steel or something like that. So he's holding it to her neck, and he's trying to take his pants off, and he's on top of her, and this is the scene that I run into. And... At this point, I see her face, and it's just telling me, help me, this guy's going to get me, this guy's going to do something. But I was in a bad situation because, well, the guy had a knife through her throat. So what do I do there? Of course, I called for backup. Of course, you know, I did that. But there wasn't much time because he wasn't, he didn't seem to care that I was there in the sense that he he had the knife to her neck and he was going to do what he needed to do and I was just going to stay away or I was going to get stabbed or she was going to get stabbed or something. So it was a very bad deal. And of course, we didn't have mace at the time. We didn't have nothing. The only thing that we had was our cuffs, our leg irons, and a flashlight. Now, I can neither confirm nor deny what was in that flashlight, but it was a flashlight. Anyway. I look at her and I'm like screaming for him to get get off. You there's a direct order. Get the fuck off her. Blah, 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 blah. And he's not really budging, but he's starting to a little bit, but not much. I think he's thinking about whether he should just go ahead and get it because he's going to be in trouble. And I think that's where he was working his way to. And he grabs like he starts grabbing at her pants and trying to rip them down. By this point, I said, you know what? I'm going to go in after this dude. Hopefully. He doesn't stab her in the neck, and hopefully I don't get stabbed, but I'm going to get him. So he's on top of the table with her, and it's kind of a weird position for me to try to get because he was facing, like he was sideways to the door, but the, the door was kind of narrow, and then it went into the small little office. So you had to maneuver around all her shit, and of course she had a lot of shit. You know, women with the offices, I, I, I said it, I said it. They, she had a lot of shit there. Anyway, I go in and I fly in like Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Now, I know I've dated myself, but look him up. It's quite entertaining. Anyhow, I jump on him and I'm pulling him off the t- pulling off her. And at this point, he got pissed off and he didn't have the nerve to hurt her or kill her in that. I mean, he, rape, he, I guess he was okay with, but killing her was not going to be something he wanted to do. But he had no qualms at swinging his sissy shank at me. Which he did. He turned around and swung at me as we were struggling and trying to go to the floor. And it scraped me right across the face. And I was pissed. I'll tell you right now, um, at that point, when you swing a knife at me, there's no longer a uniform there. 
you're dealing with the man underneath the uniform. Now you're trying to keep me from my family. You're trying to hurt me. It's on. Cause I would never do something like that to you willingly. So it's one of those things, you know? And so we get down and I grab his hand from his shank that had the shank on. And the other one, he was trying to punch me and I just kind of leaned up on him and we were fighting ourselves up and I got him down to the floor and I got on top of him, I ripped that knife, that sissy shank off. He had already scraped me on the hands a couple of times from the struggle. He had already got me in hands and the, the, the arms and stuff. It was, it was crazy. She had jumped up and she was in such shock. Like she came off the thing, but she was shocked. She was just standing there. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that, you know, oh, she got scared or whatever. I mean, I know she was scared. Um, she didn't help me because she was in shock and the cavalry was coming. So I already knew the, that I would get help eventually. And just like that, they start showing up. And at this point, I'm sitting here, you know, I'm sitting here struggling with this guy and I'm putting elbows and trying to stay within policy, etc. But I got him down on the ground, and and he's motherfucking me, and fuck you, DB, and you didn't let me get a piece of ass. And, yeah, he was seriously saying that. He was hot. Anyway, you know, we got done, and the, the guy started the guy started showing, the cavalry started showing. They pulled her away, and, you know, this inmate is sitting there, and we have to drag him through the main corridor, and, of course, he was making it hard. He was doing this passive resistance thing, making himself heavy, dead weight, whatever, everything. So you had to deal with the long ride to shoe. Needless to say, that really sucked. So the lady ended up, she never showed back up for work again. That was enough for her. Now, I understand in my own way that, you know, that kind of situation like that is extremely horrible and in the worst way you're powerless i want to encourage everybody if you see a you know or hear about a woman being abused in that sense stand up try to get the cops there or something i i highly encourage it because you know women should not be beat up and and stuff and they shouldn't be Things shouldn't happen to them like that, where you're taking over control of her in such a way to where she becomes like the inmate. It's just horrible. It was a bad situation, and it was probably one of the worst. I mean, I've, I I went through murders and stuff, but the look of fear in her eyes was it was it was a lot. It was palpable, and I can still remember it today. And it's been at least fifteen years. This is the End of Fence podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to go ahead and take a little break, and then I'll come out with season two. Uh, check out all the episodes in season one. Say, hi, say uh, Like the show. Um, share the show. Help me out. I'm trying to come up on this. Anyway, you take care. I'll see you soon.